Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of Kinjas Podcast. Today we have OG Kinjas member going way back to the Anbu Black Ops days. Jason Bueno is here. Jason, in my opinion, is actually one of the pioneers and kind of forefathers of that urban ISO uh, dance movement in our community. He's actually one of the first guys that I saw back in two, early 2000s when he was on Kaba Modern. He was the guy that I was looking at, and I was like, I need to dance on that team with that guy. So, um, yeah, he goes all the way back from 2010 with Kinjas to present day. And uh, what I really enjoyed about this conversation is Jason really gets into a lot of his philosophy of dance and how he feels that dance is uh, actually used in a lot of um, his therapy sessions. He's a marriage and family therapist, and he talks about how a lot of the things that he's learned within uh, hip hop and dance culture and how a lot of those things correlate to how he, um, you know, just interacts with people in his practice. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. So um, a lot of really cool memories, um, walk down memory lane and some funny moments and some good times and just another good episode. I love getting in uh, the Kinjas brothers. We got 37 guys in our squad and um, we just really want to one by one bring them in. And, and uh, Bueno has been a longtime friend of mine. Always just really good, enriching, deep life talks with Bueno. Really looking forward to this uh, episode with Jason. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. Today, we got OG Kinja member in the house. We got Jason Bueno in here. Hey, what's up, What's y'all? good, Jason? Yo, man, Jason goes back to Ambu Black Ops Day, so you know that's how it's OG. OG. <laughs> 2010, yeah. Uh, 2010, man, it's crazy. I've known you from, I feel like 2003-ish, yeah. right around there, because that's when I, when I went to UCI 2004, and then yeah, I graduated 05, so I think I met you right around 03, 04, 04 time. I believe there was a time you were on DVS. Yeah. Uh, based out of yeah. the UCLA area. Yep. yep. And then slowly transitioned when you transferred to UCI. Yeah. Then, yeah. So I don't think a lot of people know this. I'm, I was really excited for this one because uh, so in Kinjas, we have this. Well, I don't know if it's just something that we've started, but we like to break people up into families of movement right so there's like mm. team iso team okay. groove and <laughs> team feel and floor bros and all that yeah. and so you know i you know i identify with team iso right yeah. and so we were like okay who else is in team iso in the squad we got like mike song we got charlie we got Ant, and all these guys and then <clears throat> we we're talking about how everything kind of rooted back to like like where did all this start and the funny thing is when I was on Kaba during what the 0405 time yeah. and I was like dancing to songs like drop it like it's hot and just things that weren't popping songs, right? Yeah. And then I was trying to think, I was like, dang, where did that kind of start? And I don't know, my opinion, and I had this I had this talk with Mike and Ant too. We're like, yo, who's kind of like the godfather <laughs> of this team ISO thing? And <clears throat> it's controversial. I mean, people have different opinions, but I think 
when I first saw, I think it was, what, what was that stop biting piece um, in from that Kaba? Well, we called him Mike Tyson for whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they kept on saying the Mike song Tyson. was called Stop Biting. It was by uh, an LA MC named Abstract Rude. He was from yeah. a, a crew called uh, ATU, Abstract Tribe Unique. Yeah. Uh, underground hip hop LA scene. Um, and that was just during a time when I was really trying to explore my musical tastes outside of like mainstream. What year did you put that piece out with Kaba? Was that? I believe that was like the end of O two. Okay. End of O two and then and going into O three was when I became um coordinator or I guess yeah. director for Kaba. And yeah. Well, so that's what I'm saying. When I saw that piece, yeah, I guess it was like two thousand two. Um I was kind of tripping out because I was like, yo, this guy has kind of a popping style, but what's this song? This is not a popping song, you know what I mean? And and it was very much this like fusion of underground hip hop, which was stuff that I love to listen to, yeah, but yeah. I didn't think to dance to it for whatever reason. Or maybe like I, I wouldn't fuse like that ISO style of movement to songs like that. And um yeah, I really started to kind of just become a fan of your movement and your music choice. And at the time, I mean, yeah, and then I would start seeing Jabberwockies around. It was like right yeah, around that same yeah. era. Um, I know that Mind Tricks is already kind of doing all that. And I wasn't yeah, really Mind exposed. Tricks, Kaboom Squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, me yeah. being a SoCal kid and Internet not being what it is today. So we didn't have YouTube to just be able to look up all these videos. You just kind yeah. of were exposed to what you either saw in live events or, um, you know, things that you would kind of you know, be lucky enough to find online or whatever. But um, when I saw you and getting down with Kaba and I saw that piece and I saw you getting down to like RJD2 and all that stuff. And I was like, dang, dude, I'm a fan of whatever this is. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, I feel like that was kind of what birthed this sort of like urban iso sort of dance style and it's like you know we didn't even know what to call it at the time so even you know yeah. when we got on Cabo, they called it popping still we're like <laughs> yeah. you know now they look back at it, that wasn't really popping no you know what it I mean? wasn't i yeah. was definitely heavily influenced by it but at the same time i didn't really give it a name nor did i want it to give it a name yeah it was just more like i wanted to take all my musical and dance influences um you know, I kind of mentioned earlier about with my the, the kind of hip hop sound that I was going for, mm-hmm. especially just trying to go more in, underground. Um, kind of, uh, yeah, just uh, that independent hip hop yeah, music yeah. scene that was uh, really emerging, um, not just in LA but in the Bay and just all our different parts of the, uh, the country. Yeah, um, and I think that kind of reflected my my take as me kind of being this underdog, where like I was. Wasn't necessarily exposed to the hip hop culture scene until I moved to like California uh, in my later years, um, in my sophomore year in high school. So I was really uh, fortunate to be exposed to like uh, the b boy hip hop scene. Yeah. But then also once I started college at UCI, I was exposed to this whole like collegiate dancing, choreography, stage performance, and that whole tip. And so for me, I didn't want to necessarily compartmentalize. Uh, everything and just like put everything in its category in its box Mm -hmm. and so for myself i was more like uh about trying to fuse and integrate all those different uh influences Mm -hmm. Um, and i just felt like you know like straight up i wasn't a popper but i tried to be yeah um but at the same time i was also like really trying to just explore my movement at the same time Mm -hmm. and so i just felt like especially in college you know and you know being very very fortunate and blessed to have that opportunity that it was a really great 
time to really kind of like find myself and really kind of discover and create yeah. what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. And so I just felt like being able to put that all together and just kind of like um, use whatever I was uh, exposed to and, and kind of like, um, what's the word? Uh, um, just that modeling, yeah. you know, and yeah. just kind of like um, learning through observation. And so, so, what, what, yeah. so you mentioned um, what you were kind of exposed to, or what you kind of grew up around. Where, so, for the sake of just like history, where where did you grow up? Uh, so, I was actually born in the Netherlands in a small town called De Bilt. Uh, my dad at the time uh, was stationed there at an Air Force base. He actually served in the U.S. Air Force for a good, I want to say, twenty two years. Mm-hmm. So, I was born there. Uh, lived there for about a year after I was born, and then we moved to uh, Victorville in California yeah. for a few years. And then about when I was like four years old, moved to Maryland, just south of D.C. Um, interesting story. Like I went to the same uh, private Catholic school that Lao Boniga went to. Oh, really? Yeah, but he, I think he was like a few years younger than okay. me at the time. Lived there for a good major- uh, majority of my childhood. And then about middle school, I moved to Oklahoma, stayed there for like three and a half years from like sixth grade to yeah. uh, middle of my sixth grade to the end of my freshman year in high school. And then moved to Rockland, just outside of Sacramento, Dang. Uh, sophomore year. Yeah. And then uh, after that, moved down to SoCal, went to UCI, and then now just been living down here. <clears throat> so you just been everywhere, then you just moved, moved, moved in like ever since you were a kid then? Yeah, I would say <clears throat> on average, I probably moved every like three to five years give yeah. or take or something would like you that, say that so. that was kind of um the reason why you're exposed to so many different cultures yeah and just, yeah and i think know, that's styles like of music of and identity all that. where yeah. like for the longest time i thought like you know almost identifying myself as like a kind of like a grasshopper i was just floating mm-hmm. around and jumping from place to place you know and that has its pros and cons but yeah. i think as i gotten older i've learned to just recognize it as more like parts of myself just um layer upon layer yeah you know as opposed to like me trying to acclimate myself and try to fit in and and try to like be part of a particular group and then try to like throw that all away the moment i go somewhere else yeah. and i think as i gotten older i've been able to just kind of embrace everything about um the p- people the places mm-hmm. the cultures that i've been uh blessed to be a part of yeah so what age did you kind of start finding dance then uh, honestly, it was actually in Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a trip to like, think about it. Cause, uh, during the middle school years, um, my friends and I, like we would, they would hold like these basement parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like now that I'm older, I'm like, how did our, how did our parents just allow <laughs> us to do that? Cause like, yeah. we would just have unsupervised parties in, yeah. the, in these basement parties. Uh, we rent out a little rec center in this in a small town in Oklahoma. Yeah. And, uh, I just learned how to social party dance. That was really mm-hmm. like the the start. Before I really knew about dance, it was just mm-hmm. like more about the social aspect, the social dancing, party dancing. And so I kind of like learned a lot through that. But then once I went to uh, Rockland, mm-hmm. just out of Sac- Sacramento, then that's when I really started kind of get exposed to like the b-boy culture. And I started like learning about all these different crews. Like there was a crew based out of Sacramento called Elements of Style. Mm-hmm. And I also knew um, uh, Flex Flav. Mm-hmm. Um, there's crew called Stormtroopers. I mean, I remember mean seeing the Twinges. Yeah. Like at the random mall in Florida, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Sacramento. Yeah. And just kind of got exposed to that. Um, and so 
I really started kind of getting more into popping yeah. at first, popping and then locking. But then um, I just kind of, it throughout the years, I just kind of went uh, and tried to get exposed to different styles. And then at some point, it's just more like an integration of all. So, Would you say that um, you've kind of foundation trained in a lot of those, uh, you know, like hip hop styles individually and then that kind of fused into what yeah. became your own style yeah, yeah definitely definitely i would say um for sure popping was like a huge part and yeah then, but again i was like uh limited in what i was really uh able to do given that i didn't really have any particular teachers at the time right. especially growing up in high school so it was just like me and my friends um one of my close friends his name was steve williams uh, was probably one of the biggest influences hmm. uh, for me he was probably like one of the best poppers i thought um at that time in Sacramento, like mm-hmm. um, bar none, he was like really, really big influence. So. That's so interesting because I, I definitely relate to you in the sense that because um, I never really grew up learning foundation per se either because I didn't I wasn't I didn't have any resources somebody to teach me here's how to yeah. properly pop or here's yeah, how to yeah, break yeah. or anything like that. I just you you kind of got what you saw whether it be on tv or you know kids at school and then you did your best to mimic and i think the the hard thing when you're trying your best to mimic is it's never going to be exactly like the person that you learn from because you're just watching them you know and they're not teaching you necessarily here are the muscles that you're activating and you know what i'm saying like the, the the mindset isn't quite there so i think naturally because as human beings, we're going to have our own variation to yeah. the way that we interpret things and then the way that we in, in, internalize it and that we can even express it through our bodies. And so, um, so for myself too, when I kind of was doing what I thought was popping, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, which was probably all kinds of whack popping, right? But yeah. it was, you know, isolation movement in, in that genre yeah. of movement. And then it kind of became its own sort of style where people would recognize me for like, yo, you have a yeah. really unique way of moving. And I'm like, really? I, I just thought I was popping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that, 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 that's what I saw in you too, where yeah. I will say though, my, along with my friend, Steve, big influences was Tommy boy. Yeah. From the Bay bionic man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Mr. Wiggles, mm-hmm. um, politics from renegades. So there were definitely uh, influences, but I was more like, watching from b-boy videos right. or if i go to a jam and just kind of watch um and then i just go back home and just practice yeah, so, yeah. yeah were you were you very big or like consciously trying to um create your own style of movement was that something that you were trying to create your own identity it's like i don't want to be like wiggles or i don't want to be like you know bionic and who these, whoever these guys are i want to be me and were you trying to concentrate on creating your own style of movement <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't really thinking like that at the time in my in my younger years. It was more about, for me, it was big about um, having acceptance, mm-hmm. having a sense of belonging, like really trying to like feel like I am part of the culture, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that was one of the things that I really struggled uh, in my younger, younger life because, uh, you know, I think we've had that conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I went through my depression mm-hmm. and just going through, you know, to the to a dark time where I, you know I was even having like suicidal ideation mm. you know mm. and a lot of that was just me feeling very much alone and not feeling like I was really a part of anything mm. um, a lot of things that in the past particularly like with sports uh, even with my faith uh, I, sh- I, I kind of like um, had to put that aside and mm. because it just it 
for some reason, like it, I was just not in that right mindset as mm, we were kind of talking mm-hmm, earlier. Mm-hmm. And so once I went to California, um, and was exposed to hip hop culture and saw like, damn, like there's people from all walks of life, yeah. all, you know, from all different races, creeds, religions, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And just to see people that look like me, you mm-hmm. know, look like us. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, damn, like there's so much pride of who they are. And I think I wanted that. So like that was what, what perhaps was one of the big driving forces of like just trying to learn and just you know, grow. But you know, at the same time it was fun. It was yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah. So for me at that time, it wasn't about like, Oh, I want to have my own style. It was just more like, I want to be like everybody else. I want right. to be a part of that. You know? So you kind of identified with the cultural aspect of hip hop because it was kind of, uh, very inclusive. Very inclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inclusive. And then you obviously got down with the music, and and you identified with knowing that you like to move and yeah, you know, yeah that yeah. whole thing and like the social aspect of it. Yeah, and yeah. you know, given of like the places that I moved, like I didn't grow up around. Um, I grew up in like non-Asian communities and, and no Filipinos or anything mm-hmm. like that. So like, like I said earlier, like I was kind of like a floater and try to figure out like where do I fit in, you know. And for the longest time, it was like my connection was with sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after like having kind of like a, I don't know what to, how to call it, but definitely just kind of had a transition um, from stop uh, to stop playing sports. Yeah. Then I was trying to figure out what, what can I replace that with? What can I really kind of like mm-hmm. uh, connect with people in a way that I feel like I can really be me? Yeah. Know? And that's when I really got into dance. And What, what year did you join Kaba? Uh, I believe that was 01. Then oh, that was right. my, my second year uh-huh. uh, be at ECI. Yeah. I had, uh, had auditioned the first year and I completely bombed my audition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. Uh-huh. But uh I was sharing the story not too recent not too long ago and I had a really uh good friends, really great friends that I met uh at my dorm and they all supported me. They all came out and even though like I just bombed the audition, <laughs> they rooted me to the very end. Yeah. And so um Did you make it? That year? Oh no, no, no! I talked to like some <laughs> the alumni. They're like, uh-huh. "This guy is for sure not." <laughs> and it was just yeah, like, yeah. But you know, and that, but that was also good for me because after that, then I started going more into uh, just kind of b-boying, mm-hmm. and I got down with placebo effect, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I really got bonded with those guys, and so that really kind of like kept me pushing, you know, yeah. and like again, the the sense of belonging was right. really what I was looking for, um, but then. The coordinator, the director for the following year came up to me right before our auditions and just said, hey, I remember you from last year. I think you have something. And and he's like, I wish you could um, try it again. Just yeah. reconsider it. Uh-huh. And at first I was trying to like, you know, put that facade and that, you know, have that, that pride. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, man, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. on that B-boy tip. Uh-huh. And, but, you know, I think that's the, the power of the word where, you know, it just takes one person to just kind of like, express that, that, that belief in mm-hmm. you, you know, when you don't have that belief in yourself mm-hmm. and just that little push was just enough for me to be like, all right, fuck it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try it one more time. And, yeah. you know, and when I try it out and I, I just, it, you know, and I, mind you, I didn't have any background in, right. in uh, choreography before I went to college. So I was like, what, what the heck is yeah. that? The eight, eight count. <laughs> right, <laughs> I was like, right. do you count to music? Like yeah. I, I just did it, it didn't cross my mind. Um, so Went for it and then made it and yeah. And it then was just you, like so you got on 01 and then. 01, stayed for three years. You were a director by your second year? Third or year. Third year. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
that's crazy man i feel i, I love those stories where um yeah the like, i i didn't make the team and then i auditioned <laughs> again and then i became the director of the team and it's like yeah, wait a yeah. you went from one extreme of you know not being good enough and yeah. then and then all of a sudden you're you're on and then now you're directing and then yeah. um you know putting out movement and that like you know like i said when i when i think about you i mean not to gas you up too much bro but you were the reason why i was like i need to get on kaba modern because i need to dance with that guy you know yeah. what i'm saying and and I, I i would have never known your history of you know like i had no idea that you auditioned the first time and didn't make it yeah. um as far as i'm concerned it was like yo you're the best of what i need to be you know surrounded by like yeah. i need to be around you. guys like him and um so, I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of maybe, you know, dissect that a little bit. So for yeah. yourself, after not making it and then being like, all right, fine, let me give it another shot and then making it, what what was that like after making it onto the team that you didn't make it onto? And then what was the process of being this newbie guy to, I want to direct this team and, and you know, choreograph and, and put out stuff? Like, what was that process of, you know, you being newbie to director like? Uh, that's a great question. Um, being a newbie, I was just that kind of kid in the candy store uh -huh. where I was just soaking it all in. And I was really fortunate to have, uh, I would consider mentors mm -hmm. in terms of like the oldies that really were just like very, very, um, warm and welcoming mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And so whatever they asked us to do, I was, uh, I, I was committed, you know? And so like, I didn't try to slack off. I just like put in 110, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think that also went through its, you know, ups and downs because the first year I was on, we, we did pretty well, at least in the competition level. And I think that kind of got to us. So mm -hmm. then by the second year, hmm. there's that kind of like, uh, you know, that, uh, naivety, naivety mm -hmm. or something, mm -hmm. um, where we were just, uh, we were just thinking we were the shit. Yeah. And we kind of slacked off. We just focused on partying. <laughs> <and did that laughs> focused on partying. Yeah. We were just yeah. like, because we thought we were on top of yeah, the world. We are sure. like, yeah, we're the shit. Mm -hmm. So we can't be touched. And and yeah, we, we definitely, in terms of the comp, uh, competitive level, we definitely, it definitely showed that we, we didn't really put as much as we could have. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, not, not to discredit like all the other great uh, crews and teams that just really did amazing that mm -hmm. year. Um, and then at the same time, after that second year, that was when I really started to like kind of explore with my, uh, doing choreography and just, mm -hmm. again, having people just kind of like, um, express that belief in me. Right. And I think that once I was able to really kind of like establish myself in some way of like, Hey, I can, I can, I can actually choreograph. Mm -hmm. Um, as a third year went into it, I was already kind of debating of like how I would take the, that year just because that was going to pretty much be my last year. Uh, at UCI. Mm -hmm. So I was already kind of thinking of like, what am I going to do after college? Yeah, that yeah. whole thing. What am I going to do with my life? But then at the same time, uh, again, it was one of those things I've noticed where, you know, the power of, of, of communion, the power of the word where like by the third year when they're trying to figure out like, who's going to, who's going to take, you know, the director, mm -hmm. um, spots, uh, a fair amount of the, the oldies and returners, um, suggested such as i do it and even like some of the alumni mm. um you know asked me to consider that and i never really thought of myself as like a leader before but then yeah. you know 
it's those kind of experiences where it's like I'm glad that I was able to kind of like uh, take those words from from my peers, mm-hmm. you know, um, to really kind of like bolster that sense of confidence um, and you know that determination of like, yeah, let me let me go, let me try it. So yeah. I went for it and yeah. It was really- Were you, so you mentioned you never saw yourself as a leader during, or I mean, up until that point, kind of, would you say like throughout childhood, you kind of never really stepped up into positions where you were kind of put in a position to make calls and. and yeah. You know? Well, I would say like in sports for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, when I played sports in my younger years, um, pretty much all the way through high school. Um, but definitely in my younger years, uh, I, you know, almost that unspoken leader, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I was blessed that I was, um, you know, fairly athletic and, mm-hmm. you know, had skill, mm-hmm. uh, in, in a few sports so that each team that I was a part of, like I kind of took that role without having to have the actual official title yeah. as, a, as a leader yeah. or captain or whatever it may be. Um, and like I said, like, as I kind of like went through my own kind of I guess identity crisis because mm-hmm. I think that's when I really started to kind of like um, really started getting um, affected by like my kind of racial ethnic identity mm. like mm-hmm. and the, that awareness you know um, so a lot of the things that I was comfortable with taking that leadership role in time as I got an older especially into my middle school years and to high school my confidence in myself and you know, just that fear and the yeah. doubt and that, you know, all that stuff started to really kind of creep in. Mm-hmm. And then once I went back to college and, you know, and with Kaba, yeah, that was also like a turning point for me, too. Of like, mm. oh, you know, like I have something to offer. I have right. like something to. You know. So as a as a director now of Kaba, would you say that that was um, a, a kind of a pivotal point for your life in general? Or was that just kind of like, I'm glad I did it, it was fun and, and kind of moving on? Uh, yeah, yeah. For, for my early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a pivotal part. So what would you say would be kind of your biggest sort of, um, life takeaways, even from stepping away from being a director of a team like Kaba? Um, biggest takeaway from being a director? Yeah. I mean, just even, you know, like you said, you've never, you didn't think of yourself as someone who would like lead a team like that yeah. right and then and then you stepped into it and then i'm sure you know from responsibilities that were kind of you know put in front of you that you didn't have before and then you kind of had to yeah. like rise to the occasion and you know what i'm saying and w- was there any sort of um you know kind of like an aha moment or something that kind of you know went off in your head where like wow i did i never thought i would be able to do this or you know what i mean like anything yeah. like that um I guess the thought comes to my mind, like looking in hindsight is that like, to me being a great leader is the ability to, um, foster and cultivate future leaders, Mm -hmm. you know? And I felt like I did my part in that sense where like, I didn't have to like be this kind of, uh, authoritarian kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, Slam the hammer down or whatever you call it. It was just more like I want to lead by my example sure. where like I put in the work, you know, when it's time to put in work. But it's also when it's time to just um, enjoy ourselves and relax and have fun, then mm-hmm. we can do that, too. And I think that's like one of the things where particularly for those like collegiate teams, you know, where mm-hmm. learning how to understand your roles um, and multiple roles. Right. Um, 
within that in that context so like it's one thing to be a leader but it's another thing to be a leader amongst your own peers right you know how do you do that if you're working with like young younger kids or whatever it may be mm -hmm. there's obviously a different dynamic right but when you're working with people your own age right. and trying to get them motivating mm -hmm. and, and and have a sense of discipline and all those kind of things uh it takes a lot out of you mm -hmm. you know and i think in one end uh i gained a lot from it but i also recognize that like it took some time for me to understand how do I apply those skills from what I was doing as a director to everything outside of my dance life, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in relation to my career, in relation to like my other relationships that I have, right. like be with my family or friends or yeah. even uh, my romantic relationships. And sure. Like that. Yeah. So while you were in school, um, what was your major? While you were in college, I was an economics major okay. with a management minor. So like I was definitely in a very uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just like, I won't say ignorant, but I was just in this place where, uh, going into college, I was like, yo, just, just trying to make money, right. yeah, <laughs> just yeah. live that life. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I still can identify like, yeah, it's, it's important that we make money sure. and it's, you know, I don't want to live in poverty. I want to like be able to provide for myself and for my loved ones. But, uh, I didn't have that awareness of like, okay, having a sense of purpose and having passion and having and, and really creating meaning in my life. And it was through really through music and dance where mm. that really kind of like allowed me to really kind of explore myself and yeah. gain that kind of self-knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. dance wasn't something that you had um, desired to kind of pursue professionally? Yes and no. Hmm. And I think that's like a part of my own kind of uh, journey of like as a dancer um, but just as a person, you mm -hmm. know, where like there was thoughts of like going to professionally, I try to do like little things here and yeah. there, but I, I guess I just didn't have that, um, again, that kind of confidence mm -hmm. and, you know, or that belief in myself of like, could I really make this in the dancing? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of teeter tottered, um, with that, but I would still dance, you know, still, um, definitely for the majority of my twenties, like being part of like different, um, crews and companies where I'll just I just want to dance you yeah. know not knowing where if, if it was going to really take me around but I was still trying to focus on like all right what am I going to do um for a career mm -hmm. but that was also at the time when I was transitioning so right when I finished my undergrad and got my bachelor's I was really heavily into music and dance but I was like I, I don't know if I want to really want to do music and dance as like as a, a dancer mm -hmm. in the industry mm -hmm. but I was like how could I use music and dance in my life? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and then I just started really started come back into the field of psychology. Yeah, and I started to learn more about um, expressive art therapies mm. and utilizing the arts as a therapeutic modality. Mm -hmm. You know, and as I started like looking into that more, I started seeing the parallels of like, damn, like all these things that I learned through music and through dance, like these are the very things that like what. Um, they talk about um with expressive art therapies yeah so i was really trying to like prepare myself to like go back to school and go to grad school mm -hmm. and this was like in my mid-20s and yeah. i had to take them prerequisites and everything because i didn't take psychology um well i took some classes but I, I didn't major in it yeah so then at the same time i was prepared to go apply to grad school like about 25 26 mm -hmm. but when the time finally came like I had just like this, uh, this gut feeling, like I knew that I wasn't really ready, 
um, there was still a lot that I had to really kind of work on and do my own personal work mm. that I, I put it off to the side. But then the more I kind of put it off to the side and just, you know, dance and then worked, did the nine to five. I was like, um, first career was really just working in the home healthcare agency. Mm -hmm. um, me and my cousins, um, uh, ran a small business, small home healthcare agency. And I was, uh, doing the, just the administrative work. Mm -hmm. So I kept putting it off to the side and then through time, uh, it kept trying to call me back, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until end of 2013 when it really kind of all turned around. That was like mm. the first year we lived in Bangoria. Yeah. And uh, 2013 was a really, really difficult year. I won't go into the details of mm -hmm. it, but it mm -hmm. was really, really uh, tough for myself, for my family, mm -hmm. and loved ones. So after all that I had been through, and then even in my younger days, like it was, if I was going to make a change in my life to like, you know, really uh, find a path that was for me, it had to been then. Mm. And so again, having those people like Arnell and some other mentors, people that really kind of like, um, believed in me said like, yeah, you should go for it. You should apply for grad school. Mm -hmm. And so I did it and yeah, fast forward, went to grad school and now just trying to finish up my hours. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, to take my licensure exam to be a fully licensed uh, psychotherapist. That's so, tight, yeah. dude. So that's that's dope because I think um, a lot of a lot of the the stories that um, you know I hear from a lot of people that kind of start in in some field, whether it be dance or because I feel like everybody starts with some sort of art at some point in their life, whether it be yeah. music, you know, playing an instrument, to yeah. playing a sport, to dance or what have you. And then there's the shift of um, kind of like, oh, and at this point, I started to transition into this other thing, right? And I think yeah. that that little midpoint is always interesting to me, that, that shifting time, because yeah. rarely is it like overnight, like, oh, I don't want to dance anymore. I'm going to go to yeah. grad school. It's, yeah. There's this time period, and sometimes that's a long time, you know, yeah. like it... It could be months to years, you know, where yeah, people yeah. are trying to figure out, um, is this still for me? Do I really want to pursue this um, professionally or whatever? And that's a scary time because it's, mm. it's just literally a whole period of uncertainty. Yeah. And I think anytime there is uncertainty in your life, you, um, you, you question everything. You question yourself. You question your abilities, your yeah. talents. Uh, what am I actually even here to do? You know, yeah, like, am I just yeah. here wasting space or am yeah, I actually yeah. going to have, you know, purpose and value in my life? Um, and it's a scary time. And I think that time, again, it being a discouraging time, it could um, make you go one way or the other where you can kind of fall off and, and really yeah. fall into pl places of whether it be depression or what yeah. have you. And then, or, um, you know, hopefully like you, you allow that time to kind of, take its course you know like you have to let the process just happen because yeah. you can't get to your your end result until the process is complete you know yeah. so mm -hmm. for yourself with um you know dancing from Kaba, being a director and like kind of being stoked for dance and be like yo i love this mm. um maybe i even want to do it professionally and you kind of dabbled like you said yeah um what were the i guess what were the factors in your life you know for you to think that 
the the idea of uh, going into you know psychotherapy things like that and you're like yo I think I can fuse the things that I've learned with dance and and the culture that I that I kind of grew up in that kind of helped form my identity and confidence and yada 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 like what was that process of thinking like I can kind of marry these two things together and I think I actually want to once I can figure that out I want to go the the you know kind of the you know therapy sort of route um Damn, that's another great question. <laughs> um, I think I see it in maybe two, two, twofold, right? Where, on the one hand, I was looking into psychology, and what I really uh, was attracted to was that there's particular schools that I had initially wanted to look into, um, particularly in the Bay Area, and these schools, uh, particularly, had a really unique take on psychology, where they there was this uh, integration of Western school of thought and mm-hmm. of psychology, um, and how there's this integration of Eastern um, spiritual practices and faith traditions. Sure. Right. So a lot of days, um, uh, past couple of decades, it's, there's been heavy focus on mindfulness, which really kind of taking like mm-hmm. this kind of like Buddhist approach, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when it comes to like suffering and you know. Um, and that kind of mindset of terms of like our relationship to things, you know, and the mind body connection mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then put that with, uh, expressive arts mm-hmm. and it just seemed like it all started to kind of click. And I think for me, especially because, um, right now I work in a, uh, family treatment center, um, in an intensive outpatient program. And I primarily work with a lot of young people, uh, particularly adolescents from like 15 to 23 and we do a lot of group therapy work Mm. and you know with that i see so many parallels in terms of like we basically sit in a circle the same way when we have a cipher Mm -hmm. you know and within that uh what i would consider like a sacred space right it's a liminal space where like we're just sitting in a circle but what goes into that circle into that cipher there's so much can be uh, um, brought from that in terms of like one allowing um, a person to be really vulnerable and honest with themselves and express themselves, whether mm-hmm. verbally or non-verbally, of sharing their story, expressing their emotions, finding the, you know their solution to their their problems or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And so I always try to relate that back. And there's like this certain sense of reciprocity of like when I'm working in my my job, there's so much that I'm drawing in from my uh, background with music and dance and yeah. the whole uh, concept of a cipher. And then once I go back into my dance mm. and I go session and I have mm. those ciphers, I have that much more of a better understanding of like, okay, how can I really express myself? How can I really be yeah. vulnerable myself uh, in this space? You know, so it's like a, for me, it's it's been like a really great, uh, I guess, union yeah. of like my personal life and my professional life, particularly my dance yeah. uh, path along with my career path. Dang, man, now that you say that, the past few times that um you know we've had our cultivation sessions and we cipher and stuff and you come through and you'll be getting down and i'll be watching you i'm just like dang bueno's on something right now (laughs) and you know and i'm I'm not talking about substance i'm talking about like you're on a life tip yeah and 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 i because just hearing you say that and i'm thinking about the times that i've seen you and i would see one just your um just 
no hesitance just to go out and and because sometimes you know we get in the cypher this hell of us and so it's just like oh, I'll, I'll go out my do my one round smash it real quick and then <laughs> yeah. we're, we're done you yeah, know whatever yeah. but you know the the guy that's just like i'm gonna go out again i'm gonna go out again like yeah. i still have something to say i still want to and, and it wasn't this whole like let me show show off and show you how yeah. good i am there was this um sense of like you're trying to communicate something. And I also felt like you're trying to do something for yourself, yeah. you know? And, um, and so one, I mean, yeah, I love how you, you, you kind of, um, you know, you compare the, like a, a circle of people sharing, you know, what yeah. like life, life issues and struggles yeah. and whatever. And then you, you compare that to a cipher, that same sort of circle. Cause that's essentially what's happening is we're sharing yeah. and the, the parallel does the communal aspect of it. It's literally community. We, we, yeah. You, you close a circle off and we all throw in what is honest and real. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like, you know, for myself too, my first round is always my like, uh, let me go out again because yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really in it yet. And, and so I think that 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 goes back to even um, our tendencies with, with life too. We, we have this, you know, um, it's hard for people to be vulnerable because yeah. it shows weakness. We don't want to look weak. We don't want right. to look dumb. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. you know? And so we, we say the words and we put up the fronts that make us feel safe that if I can kind of hide behind this a little bit, or maybe I'll just show enough to make it look like, Hey, see, I'm willing to share yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to, that's all I'm willing to share. But then, you know, you keep going out and you keep putting things out there. Um, and sometimes, you know, when people kind of people like are verbal processors, right? Like they yeah. process their, the way that they think and they feel as they talk. Yeah. Uh, I tend to be that way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nothing wrong um, with that. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah. but I think even in the, in the context of, let's say a cypher where you're uh, freestyling, um, one thing I love about our cultivation sessions too, is that we'll, we'll throw out challenges to each other, yeah. you know, like explore something that you've never explored. Yeah. If you're, if you're kind of a guy who's up, up top a lot, explore the floor a little bit yeah. and, and just challenge yourself to stay down there. Like see yeah. what happens. If you get stuck, yeah. it's okay. You, we're not here to blow it up. Every, every move doesn't need to be this phenomenal yeah. thing. It's just explore because you'll never know what you can find. And then yeah. if you do that enough, you'll find some stuff. Yeah. And I think even in, in the context of like say therapy like the more you are able to kind of open up and let the let the doors stay open and then you're able to kind of flush some stuff out of your system where you're like wow i didn't even know that was in there yeah. i didn't even know i struggled with that like oh i yeah. didn't even realize that was a strength that i had you know and then people can kind of bounce those things off you and then you know afterwards you're like yo that was really dope that you did that that yeah. that thread that you did or that that, that hole that you found or whatever yeah. and then you're like oh really i didn't even know i did that and then even in the same thing in the context of when you are open and vulnerable and able to share things and yeah. able to vocalize things people can kind of point out like hey like I feel like you're really articulate when it comes to this or that, you know, or yeah. maybe you should look into that. Maybe that's something to, you know, kind of dig a little bit deeper into. So it's kind of getting that feedback is yeah. absolutely what happens within the context of, let's say, community. You know yeah, I mean? I'll, I'll say that there's definitely um, a lot of growth and progress can be made in the discomfort, mm. you know, and sometimes we, we uh, 
tend to want to just like, I just want to do things that feel good, you know? Right. But sometimes when we step into the discomfort, there's like, there's so much that we can learn about ourselves and, and about each other, you know? Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I still get very uh, self-conscious. I yeah, get shy. Everybody does. I get reserved. But sure. it's like, I think when I step into spaces and with people that I am trusting of mm-hmm. and feel safe with, that I'm able to really kind of just put it out there, you know? And I think when I get the opportunity to dance, um, particularly in a cypher setting, you know, I really kind of take it back to the idea that it's me basically telling a story, yeah. you know? And so like with any story, if you like you write a, like a paper, right, there's a beginning, there's a middle and there's an end. And so setting that intention each and every time you step into that cypher is like, okay, what am I, what's my intention? What am I really trying to express? Am I mm. trying to express my, my emotion? Am I trying to express, uh, a, a particular style given like what a you know a person place or you know mm. a style that uh, I've, I've been brought up with and been fortunate to learn about am I trying to teach that am I trying to you know um, exchange with someone you mm-hmm. know and trying to build off something off like play, you know playing games and playing sure. off constant those challenges that you kind of spoke of because there's so much I feel like in the group dynamic uh, and the community aspect, there's so much you can gain from that. Um, just at the top of my head, like one, there's that kind of the thing that I was sharing earlier about, there's like that inst- installation of hope, you mm-hmm. know, of like whatever you're going through, you know, you can, you know, find ways to kind of like be inspired and be motivated knowing that there's other people around you and there's that sense of universality yeah. that people are like, Hey, you know, I see what you're doing. You yeah. know, I see what you're trying to express yourself. I feel that same way too, mm. you know, and there's something powerful about that, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time when you exchange, it's like, you know, the whole you know, mantra, like two minds are better than one, mm. but if you got like 10, 15 yeah. people, yeah. like, dang, how much can you really grow? from that you yeah. know it's that whole thing that we always talk about like you know if you want to go fast go alone if you right, want to go far right. go together so yeah I really adhere to that you know and so i mean also too when i think about um you know understanding uh dance as uh as an art form it, it's a fully expressive thing but then yeah. there's so many disciplines within the the umbrella of dance there's styles right yeah. you know and um, then there's foundations to each of those styles. And, you know, when I think about you, I feel like you're very versed in a lot of different styles. And then, you know, the foundational styles as well as your own, how you fuse all those things into your own. And when you talk about exchange and um, communication, you know, when you talk about a story, you know, the beginning, middle and end, um, articulation of those things comes a lot clearer and, and pictures are, are, are able to be conveyed the I guess the broader vocabulary that you have right Mm. so essentially you know when you think about the styles of dance the more versed you are in different styles you're essentially just adding more to your vocabulary I have I know I know more words and and I can express them in these ways you know so uh, you know even going back to if you want to you know just taking it back to just dance the more you, um, I guess, study in terms of the disciplines of the different styles and the more you get under your belt, yeah. the better you can articulate the the artistry of it, right? And the yeah. emotional side of it and exchanging of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, like, yeah, our ciphers and our cultivation. So for Kinjas, you know, for yourself, you, I mean, you are a part of the, the OG generation of Amu <laughs> Black Ops, right? Yeah, Back yeah, in 2010. Yeah. And, um, and you've definitely gotten down, you know, since then, uh, it may not be performing as heavily in, in all right. these shows and stuff. Yeah. But um, what I has, do miss it though. Hey, come <laughs> on, man! You, we're waiting for you to just jump back <laughs> I in. Know, bro. I know, I know. I was even thinking about that for vibes. I know, I know. I'm I like, know. should we're, I just go? <laughs> vibes a whole other thing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, yeah. But so with with Kinjas and and being a part of it from the inception of it, and then um, and then you know, obviously still being a part of it to this day. What has Kinjas been for you from the beginning stages to how it's kind of, uh, I guess, in some sense, evolved for yourself in, in your life? Like, how, yeah. where does Kinjas uh, kind of fit in, and how do you kind of view what Kinjas is for you? Oh, man. Uh, it's first off, um, to see where Kinjas is at today from when it first started, it just blows my mind, you know, and I really truly believe that that it's because of each and every individual of what we put in, mm -hmm. you know, um, there was definitely a turning point in that 2013, the first year we we're living in Bangoria yeah. and we had a talk, me, Anthony and Mike. And it was during that time where like kids just kind of had a nice run for those first few years. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of, uh, just starting to kind of fade out mm -hmm. because, you know, life, you know, and, right. and everyone was just trying to like, um, be on their grind right. and just trying to, you know, uh, figure out ways to kind of make it. And so we had that talk and really just kind of shared of like, okay, we really want to have, bring Kinjas back. But then we were trying to understand like, well, what does that mean? What, what, hmm. what do we want to bring back with Kinjas? Or what do we want to push Kinjas to? What direction do we want? And so each of us got a chance to really kind of share of like what we wanted for ourselves and what we wanted out of Kinjas, you know? Mm -hmm. And for myself, it was more, again, just like I was also in that tip where um, dance wasn't going to be my like career path, mm -hmm. but dance was still very much a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to always be a part of my life. Mm -hmm. But I also, again, was just for me, I wanted to keep it simple of like, I just wanted to be, you know, a home away from home type yeah. of thing. I wanted this, that still that sense of belonging to be part of uh, something. Right. And so for me, it was a lot of the social aspect and the kind of like, um, the kind of like personal growth along with the collective, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, um, that's where I've been kind of taking it ever since then, where it's like, I've, had to like slowly accept and be able to let go that like my not that it's completely gone but yeah. like my 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 stage performance days uh are very very limited now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i i also felt like what i want to get is just really like when we connect even like this yeah you know or when we have crusade or we do cultivation sessions or we just celebrate someone's birthday yeah, or yeah. just hanging out or just oh, having yeah. dinner like mm -hmm. those are the things that i really want to continue cultivating in my life mm. you know because uh, apart from the stage it's like it's the relationships that really really matter to me you mm -hmm. know and i think that's something that i've been trying to be more uh conscientious of of yeah. just like you know, I forgot who said it. Maybe it was in your previous podcast, but you know, time is definitely the 
most valuable commodity, mm-hmm. you know, and how I, how I use my time is really important for me. So absolutely, yeah. not just, uh, how I use my time, but who I spend that time with, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to make sure that I, I don't miss those kind of opportunities, you know? So mm. for me to be still part of Kinja's, even if it's somewhat of being an inactive kind of status, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love I love our crew. I love yeah. like you know yeah. what dope, we're all man. doing, you know, individually I'm, and collectively. So. Yeah, no, I love it because when I you know saw Kinja's form in 2010, you know, I was at that Vibe performance or Ambu Black Ops, and yeah. and when I saw it, it was definitely this sort of uh, I knew it was gonna be something, you know, yeah. or it, I mean, in terms of the the quality of show to the entertainment which was phenomenal, but I think the thing that, um, that read and that resonated, um, with me was just, yo, you guys are having the time of your life right now and you can't fabricate that. It has to be real. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm watching these guys on stage. Like (laughs) we, we, we won't go into details of all the things that were happening, but I was like, these fools do not care (laughs) and they love it. And, but then it was, the thing was like, they're like homies. You could tell, you know? And so, um, I always saw that the, the magic of, of that brotherhood, that bond that was real. And, and then, you know, I started to see the, the level just being just 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 taken up notches years yeah. after that from the the quality of you know just even the dance alone I'm like man these fools are training and like yeah. they're putting out some really dope stuff and yeah. you know so now you, you talk about what Kinjas is present day and you you say that it blows your mind like it blows my mind because you know I yeah. I saw it as you know it's just kind of off you know I was close close distance you know Mike and Ant you know I had so many homies that were a part yeah. of the squad and then and then you know you mentioned 2013 because i moved back to la in 2014 so i kind of yeah. fell kind of right into that pocket yeah of, i remember those trips you came out to la and yeah and we've had friend, we had so know, many of those just yeah. bangoria talks man those, <laughs> yeah. those are some golden moments but um yeah. i love the what you mentioned about you know whether it's something like you just want a home away from home and a place of sort of belonging in and in, in that crew ultimately um i think kinja's what i love about it is that that's what it always was and that's what it still is but yeah. it's also just expanded into so much more too it's just yeah. a way bigger beast and um you know to to think about we, we're sitting in our dojo that's been here for three years now yeah. and you know we have multiple around the world and and opening up bigger things and shows and you know what i mean like there's that all that stuff to the outside world um may look a certain type of way right and um and i and i'm I'm, I'm, i love platforms like this because we can really talk about what the heart and soul was and still is And, and and i love bringing homies that um were a part of the first generation to still you know and um like don't get it twisted man we we love it's kind of funny but we freaking love each other man we we kick it and and we do we do life on so many levels you know and and share with each other in in ways that um 
you know, going back to things like Naruto, going like, you know, Anbu Black Ops, the, yeah. the themes within that is like, yo, we really yeah. live those things. We're like down for our brothers. Like, yeah, no matter what. You should have what. a whole podcast uh, of just uh, episode of just Naruto. Dude, and all the, yeah, that would all be, the lessons we I'm learned sure from that. That would go off. Yeah. Um, but man, like just seeing that, yeah, like the way that we've developed and expanded, but still maintaining that heart and soul that, um, is gonna be the magic that's gonna you know carry on through the lifeline of this thing. Yeah, um, I think yeah, that's what with Mike song he shared when we first did Ambu Black Ops. You know, and this is something that um, it's becoming more and more uh, embedded in my mindset these days of like you know the the circumstances that with Ambu Black Ops, right? It was, we were close of not kind of doing it, and then I think Mike kind of made that notion. Um, you know, it's not about having the time. It's about making that time, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's something that, again, uh, I really want to kind of keep pushing because, you know, as we get older, like, we don't have the as many opportunities to just keep being together, mm-hmm. you know, given that we are all on our individual hustles and all those other kind of things. And so being able to make time um, – is really really important. Yeah. You're not just kind of waiting for it to happen yep. or just hoping that you know it'll just kind of come around. You know, you gotta yeah, you gotta put those efforts out. You mm-hmm. know, and those really kind of like take those risks. You know, um, even with the times where I was telling you like let's just have phone calls. You know, yeah. and I think yeah. given of my, how much time I have, I uh, don't have uh, in terms of like, actually meeting p- people in person. It's like I try to go back and actually use my phone to actually call people <laughs> just like how are you doing oh, yeah Let's you talk. can call people on yeah, the phone, yeah, yeah. right yeah. not just text so, I'm really trying <laughs> yeah, to like, no yeah. i get you no i love it man um yeah you're right dude time is something that we can't create more of in the sense we can, we only got 24 hours and yeah. seven days but um the intention of you know what you what you choose to um use that time for is 100 percent only going to be done with intention because it's not going to yeah. by default like oh shoot i have all this extra time on my hands and now yeah. i can go do all this extra stuff yeah. um like it's yeah it's totally it's totally on point um so when you i want to touch back on this conversation that you had with mike and ann about you know you know 2013 what do we want to do like if we're bringing kinjas back yeah uh what's the intention behind it what what like what are we trying to even bring back and then the whole concept of like oh i'm just trying to make it you know yeah and um that's a that's a big question you know i think the whole concept of making it you know quote unquote is um that's everybody out on these streets is trying to make it right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, trying to use their time to make it, um, to find success. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for yourself with, uh, you know, having gone through dance to dance being what it is still in your life, um, being Kinja's, uh, you know, being in marriage and family, you know, counseling therapy and all that, yeah. um, all that summed up together, how how would you define or even answer your question back in 2013 of like yo I'm trying to make it but what does that what does that look like to you so success and the concept of making it what is that for you? Ooh, that's a that's not a tough question. Great question though. Um, I think to make it or I guess in certain ways to be successful, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, there's a financial component to it, mm-hmm. but I think for me. I would love to have a just a balanced life, you know. Um, being a Libra balance is really important to mm-hmm. me, 
uh, in the sense that like to make it is like being able to uh, really live the life that I want to live, yeah. you know, with the people that I want to be uh, with, you know, so um, I just try to keep it simple. I'm not like, you know, I don't feel like I have to make things too complex in mm-hmm. my life. Um, I want to be able to live a life where we often talk about in my, in my, in my work, when I work with the clients, I talk about self-care mm-hmm. and talk about a lot about, uh, you know, doing the things that, you know, fulfills you or makes you happy or mm-hmm. rejuvenates you and these kind of things. But I also think of like on the deeper sense of self-care and I read this somewhere recently, I can't remember where that, you know, uh, a deeper, level and sense of self-care is really about living a life that you don't need to escape from, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so when, and that I would say entails living a life with, uh, happiness, you Mm -hmm. know, but also contentment, you know, and it's that, that oscillation, that fluctuation of like having moments of, of like drive and, and motivation to progress and to be better in something in some aspect, but then to have those moments where you just feel contentment and feel hmm. that you can really be uh, comfortable of where you're at. Yeah. You know? um, one of my past mentors shared with me like one of the uh, basic kind of like needs, uh, psychological needs, you mm-hmm. know, and I really take that as part of like what I define as like making it or being successful is like one to love and be loved. Mm-hmm two to have a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. three to have a sense of purpose Mm. you know um and for me keeping it like that those simple three things Mm -hmm. like to me if i feel like i'm meeting all those needs Mm. um i'm a a happy man yeah that's dope that's dope yeah man what's dope about you know uh, these sorts of conversations with the different people that sit on that couch and you know they come from you know different industries to different life experiences um and and not everybody's on their dance hustle you know and i don't think that's what this show is about and i think um you know, I, I know that there are probably a lot of people out there, you know, whether whether it be kids who are still trying to figure it out of like, you know, they're probably listening to this show because they're a fan of Kinjas in one way, yeah. shape or form. And they kind of like dance at least yeah. or, or they're really trying to go for the gusto with dance. Yeah. Um, and then there may be the people who are kind of in that place of their they're maybe phasing out of some stuff or not sure yeah. about things. And I think it's great to hear the experiences of people who. Um, who are also human <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 struggle with the uncertainty of of not knowing like what what the next move is and how to transition or yeah. am I crazy for not being so um, passionate about this thing as I once was you know yeah. um, it's great to um, share that experience and and mm. understand that. Um, it's okay. You're not the only one that yeah. that goes through these things. Like literally, everybody yeah. is in that space of trying to figure it out, you know. And, and let me correct the two. Where like you know, there's there's still definitely passion with dance, but the way I take that passion and apply it to other areas yeah. is something that um, still is very very um, reflective of my path that sure. I'm going. You know, and and for anyone that's you know, really uh, invest into dance and want to go into career I mean um, by all means go for it mm-hmm. but at the same time if you feel if anyone feels that like dance isn't 
their end all or whatever or like the the long term um still love and appreciate dance for what it is in terms of like what i would like to say the the transferable skills Mm -hmm. you know the transferable kind of like knowledge right there's whether it's dance or any other kind of art form that you can gain so much from that and particularly the culture right Mm -hmm. you can gain so much from that that you're then able to then apply it to other areas of your life you know Mm. and that's the part where i talk about self-care where like in my younger years um you know i did have that kind of mentality of like dance is my escape you know Mm -hmm. but i think you know when i look at you know how that parallels to the idea of like addiction and addictive behaviors right Mm -hmm. like I started to realize that it's not so much like for me dance um is no longer this escape dance to me is the vessel it's the vehicle that allows me to learn more about myself Hmm. and to learn about others and to learn about the sense of community and to learn about confidence to Mm -hmm. learn about perseverance to learn about um, healthy expression of emotions to all these different things where mm-hmm. like I was able to take that and have that passion of what I gained from it and not to use that as escape but of like okay how can I continue to learn more about myself and how can I put this into other areas of my life yeah you know and I think having me shifting that kind of mindset has been very very um uh impactful for me and, and, and hopefully that shows like when I session yeah you'll see that where it's like I'm not trying to like in a sense, put all my, my shit away off the mm-hmm. side. It's like, no, I, I in a way, I kind of take that with me mm. and I find a way to, you know, alchemically kind of like process that mm. through my movement, through my dance, you know? Mm. And I think uh, a big tenant when it comes to like expressive art therapies, right? Um, they talk a lot about, it's not the, uh, the art content, you know, but more about the art process. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the end product of what it looks like. Yeah. Or like, you know, um, but in terms of like, for me, like it's, it's a lot more important of like, what is the process of my movement? What am I really trying to express? And what mm-hmm. does I really reflect and show? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like me trying to impress someone visually in aesthetic, in aesthetic manner. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that, that has its, its benefits as well. But sure. it's like, I think when it comes to a person as myself that um, isn't going into dance in that sense as uh, as a career, mm-hmm. uh, I take that passion of dance, but see it from a different angle, yeah. or, or try to take it from a different angle. Yeah, yeah. it's legit, man. Yeah. Super legit. Um, we want to do a little bit of a lightning round. All right, <laughs> fire. Gonna fire off at you. You gotta little, come off little top. Free association. Free association. Come <laughs> off top. You can expand if you need to, okay. but just try to be quick All with right. it. So, lightning in three, two, one. Who is the biggest influence on your life? Mm, biggest influence in my life. Uh, I would say my brother, my older brother Joel. Yeah, Sick. He's been there since day one. <laughs> since day one. Since day one. Big bro. Favorite Kinja's moment. Favorite Kinja's moment? There's too many. Um, <laughs> or it could be most memorable, the one that comes to mind first. Uh, definitely, 
as far as performance goes, uh, for me, it was the Ambu Black Ops. Like, that was just, it was a hectic time. Like, I, we, we, we prepared the night before, like, finished the last piece the night before. I totally bombed it. If you watch the video, I'm just, like, throwing out moves. <laughs> Not even on beat or anything. <laughs> but I got through it. It's amazing. Um, Hell, yeah. Uh, I think the other part to that, so outside of that... Um, I think that first crusade, you know, I think we had like that really long kind of powwow and just yeah. really, really opened up to each other, you know, for the first time as a collective. I think that was mm-hmm. really, really uh, a memorable moment for myself. Um, and then I think just in the little moments, just all the times in Bangoria, you know, yeah. there's just, there just way too many yeah, like Fourth of July man. parties oh, to yeah. just the late night hangouts, yeah. talks, you know, where we're just, yeah, life talks. Yeah. Sick, sick. Uh, best hip hop artist or group of all time? Ooh, okay. Um, let's say for me, Although I haven't listened to uh, any of his music as of lately, I don't know if he's still making music, but I really, one of my favorite MCs, uh, my earlier days, um, was Scarab. Scarab okay. from Living Legends. Uh-huh. Um, he was based out of LA. He was an earlier part of a crew called Three Melancholy Gypsies, 3MG, uh-huh. um, with um, Murs. I don't know if you, uh, he was one of the members too, him uh-huh. and Eli. But Scarab was like by far like one of my favorite artists MCs just because of like the content of his music, mm. his lyrics. Uh, he spoke a lot about just like finding your per- your your passion, mm-hmm. your purpose, mm-hmm. and really living that out, and not you know, and holding yourself back. And he was a very introspective, contemplative kind of MC, mm. uh, but still kept it real in a sense. Mm-hmm. But it had a sick ass flow. Sick. Um, but he was perhaps my my favorite uh, hip hop artist. Man. Dope. Scarab. Scarab Beetle. Scarab yeah. Beetle. Finish this thought. This just needs to stop. Finish this thought? Yeah. So what is the thing that just needs to stop? Uh, doubt. Doubt? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Wasn't Sometimes I have to catch myself when I, uh, what I, what we call uh, cognitive distortions. Um, sometimes I catch my, I have to catch myself of like, um, either future tripping, catastrophizing, overgeneralizing, you know, uh, filtering in terms of like, I only focus on the negative and mm-hmm. discount the positive. There's a lot of distortions that we have in our minds. And, and, and sometimes the more we feed into those distortions that in, in this case doubt, then that ultimately shapes our reality. Mm. You know? So what's yeah. up, man? Um, if you can go back in time and change one thing in your life, what would it be? Hmm. One thing in my life. That's a great question. Um, I feel like uh, it's when the, I, I kind of relate to that question of like if I could go back in time and tell talk to my younger self. Yeah, yeah. It, it would really kind of be the just to don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like it's all over. That you know um, that change is possible mm-hmm. um, because. I think there was a point in my time in my life where I was just like, nothing, nothing's right. Nothing, everything's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't trust people. Like people are out to get you all these like really, really, um, very 
kind of negative kind of uh, critical kind of thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of cynicism. And if I could just tell myself, like, you know, like to find ways to get out of that mindset and to, you know, um, yeah, that'd be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of difference, but, you know, okay. but for what it's worth, I can't, uh, hold those kind of regrets. It's more like I have accepted of like where I'm at and what I've gained from that, you mm. know? And I think that's the part of like finding that balance, you mm. know, um, kind of embracing that paradox. Dope. Dope. Yeah. What's your worst fear? Worst fear. Um, losing my loved ones, um, without truly connecting with them and letting them know how I feel about them and what they mean to me. Word. Um, less of more of, so what would you like to see less of in the world and also more of in the world? Uh, more honest and open and vulnerable communication. Mm. Um, being able to have people communicate where they're not trying to communicate and and, and trying to be right, mm-hmm. but trying to speak to be understood. Mm. Like there's really a difference where like people just will go back and forth, but they're just waiting for the opportunity to like prove the other person wrong yeah. and, and say that they're right. But if we really kind of come from approach of like, let's, let's communicate so that we can have a better understanding and an overstanding, if you will, mm. in the sense of like, you have something to say, I have something to say, so let's put that both together and try to find a bigger, the bigger picture in that. Mm, I love um, that understanding. The less of, um, dang, like I almost don't want to be cliche, like, oh, no, less hate in the world, but uh, what does that really mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess less of, um, uh, Less, oh man, I can't think of anything right now. Say, man, because there's just so many, there's so many uh, issues and problems mm-hmm. uh, that we have in this world. But I would say less, less of a, of, um, or I would say. Um, maybe not less but I guess more balance in the sense of like less of trying to figure out what's going on externally mm-hmm. you know and trying to figure out like well if we only we change this in the system or we change this or whatever it may be that we'll live in a better place you mm-hmm. know but to do less of that and have a more balance of like searching inward mm-hmm. um, to me I think that's like what I really kind of take upon what we would call a inward revolution mm-hmm. uh, this is a concept by Jido Krishnamurti, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but mm. he talks about that a lot where, um, when he was alive, about uh, this inward revolution that for a real revolution and transformative change to exist in the world, mm-hmm. it has to really kind of start from within. And, mm. you know, mm. we have a lot of songs and, you know, artists and people that talk about that, like, you know, change right. comes from within, you right. know, and if we can start from there as a starting point, then everything else that comes out from that and the things that we do externally, mm. you know, the systems that we place, the policies, the laws, the, you know, the, the our morals and values, all those things mm. will kind of like eventually kind of... It's kind of like pressure. less reaching outward to think that all the solutions are out here when they actually... Yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. That's good. What's your golden rule? Golden rule. Ooh, um, 
that has changed over the years, but I think in recent times, I kind of mentioned it uh, briefly earlier, uh, embracing the paradox, you know, um, uh, as a person, again, <laughs> that, that Libra in me perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, is really kind of finding balance. And I think when we can embrace the paradox is that we can have really understand, I guess that, uh, silver lining where, you know, things that we feel that we've, uh, maybe have won in life, right? Uh, we can still very much lose certain things, mm. you know, even lose ourselves in certain yeah. ways. But the things that we lost, the things that we, you know, struggle with or the pain that we have, right, the, um, that we can gain so much from that. Mm. And I'm a big proponent of, uh, you know, especially with the work that I do is that, like, while, of course, we don't want to be in pain, mm-hmm. but there's also a part of, like, embracing that pain embracing that paradox of what that means in terms of like sometimes our our worst pain and suffering can turn into our greatest strength mm. you know and, and mm-hmm. redemption mm-hmm. so yeah that's legit man dang bueno I feel like dude well one we have a whole lot of history you know yeah. going back you know like I said from just my my beginnings of my my dance you know, yeah. journey, dude. I was I was looking at guys like you, and um, you know, and then now to be rocking on the same crew with you, and um, yeah, what was that that we did before? Um, this is like right after you finished. Oh, Super Friends. Super Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, dude. Super that. Friends. Yeah. yeah, we got down for a cool, cool minute. Yeah. But yeah, man. Like just seeing just seeing how you've developed. Um, as a man has been really dope, man. And, you know, we always do our pre- periodic check-ins. We, you know, yeah. we keep talking about we need to do more and we will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen you, you grow, um, and seen you evolve even, um, you know, not even just as a mover, like as a dancer, but just as a man, you know, and, yeah. you know, being at your wedding, you know, not that long ago to yeah. just seeing life stages happen. And, um, and I love, I love the philosophies that you have, um, that you've developed from dance and how you can relate that to, um, just the human condition, you know, and, yeah. and the way that we as humans, uh, think and, um, process and, yeah. um, being able to, heal and cope with things using things like art and things yeah. like that that you've you've learned personally through yeah. just your own life and stuff and um it's cool man i yeah. love i love what you're um every sort every time i have a talk with you it's always in this realm and it's, it's very <laughs> it's very just calming and sort of yeah. um yeah a lot of good reflection and yeah. i think that's so important man this 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 world moves so fast and we're yeah. we're we praise fast paced things, you know, like, like, Oh, this yeah. is going too slow. Internet's too slow. Like yeah. there's faster, faster ways to do things, you know? And that's not to, that's not to say that fast is always bad, but it's not always good, you know? And I think yeah. it's, um, to take the time to reflect and take the time to self care, um, whatever that looks like for yeah. you, I think is really important. And, um, you're talking about balance and, and, um, you know, people will even define what balance is very differently too, which I think yeah. is, is fine. As long as you know how to find your balance and to recalibrate yourself or when you are too heavy on one end, um, it's not to say that things are bad. It's just, you have to figure out how to, how to bring it back, you yeah. know? And, 
um, yeah, I think you, you know, just seeing your your um, thought processes in that yeah. man is really dope. Well, I, I definitely want to thank you too. One for giving me the opportunity to be uh, of course, on man. the podcast, yeah. but also just what you said earlier about you know how I've grown as a man, and and I definitely owe a lot to you guys. You know, and Kinjas along with a lot of my other relationships that I have, and you know, you mentioned about me getting married last year, and. Yes, that was a really big part of my life and um, uh, going into marriage. But at the same time, part of me of where I'm at, even with my marriage, that I owe a lot to you guys in the sense where last year there was also a set intention that I had uh, last year going into my uh, the wedding was really trying to cultivate my relationships with men. You know, mm. and really having the sense of, of a strong male intimacy and what mm-hmm. it means to be a man and how we've developed as men. So like... We've had those talks like mm-hmm. plenty of times, you know, um, over the years and just to hear where you've at and what you've gone through and, you know, how you've persevered and all the things that you've been like, man, I, it goes both ways, mm-hmm. you know. And so for me, it's like to get that kind of validation, that recognition from someone that I respect as well, Thank you, man. Um, that to me shows that like how much of how people see me as a, as a man is a reflection of the men that I'm surrounded by. You know what I mean, uh, you included, mm. um, and this just goes us to all the the great men that I've I've met over the years, particularly from and within my crews. You yeah. know, placebo effect to chill factor to mm. um, open house family to yeah. styles of Eon to you know soul tribe. There's just been um, so many different groups of people, um, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, that have really helped shape me who who I am and I'm uh, forever grateful. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. That means a lot. That's a very bueno thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Um, where can people find you on social media to kind of follow your life and, you know, get um, more of that bueno? Yeah, uh, I, I am on Instagram, although I'm kind of uh, f- trying to figure out about uh, how many more people I'm going to uh, it, it sounds weird, but like there's a whole thing with my my line of work that uh, dual relationships, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so, in certain ways, I have to kind of keep my personal life somewhat mm-hmm. private okay. because uh, with the clients that I work with, oh, you know, you. Um, I when I step into the into my sessions with with people, I have to be mindful that you know it's not about them or it's not not about me, but about sure. them, yeah. you know. And if they have you know, too much information about me, mm. then that affects the dynamic. And when I work with people, got you. So um, it's one of those things where, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess, teetering. If like, if I ha- might make uh, my Instagram, <laughs> uh, like, just a public social one, and then yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure because right now it's on private, and yeah, I'll still like yeah. add people, but yeah. like I have to be kind of really mindful. I'm still trying to navigate and yeah, how, yeah, how to yeah, work that good, out man. because you know at the same time. Sorry, uh, y'all. I do want to. If you're not Bueno's friend already, <laughs> you can't follow. But me. I guess you can't. Uh, you can't find me at uh, J Buenos D. Yes. Oh, actually, no. I changed it. J Buenos Noches. J Buenos. <laughs> Stacy took my uh, took the Stay Buenos D. Oh, she she officially got her name change. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. So, See, Look yeah. yeah so life, bro, life. <laughs> Well, dude, man, thank you for coming on and, and thank you again for out, having man. me. Yeah, um, cool. Well, uh, guys, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you're already subscribed, thank you guys. Um, if you're not, hop on to uh, kinjas.com slash podcast cast with a K. 
Um, we're dropping weekly episodes still. And uh, man, we've been, we're already like 30, I think 38, 37 oh, episodes wow. in. That's we've amazing. been up for like uh, seven months now. So yeah, um, yeah thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you like it, if it's adding value to your life, share it. Give us that five-star rating. Um, keep commenting, you know, keep sending me your IG posts. I love to respond and regram those things. And, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we're going to keep going for y'all. That's it. Catch your